Hey, it's Andrew. Just wanted to drop in real fast before this podcast gets rolling to say this is one I recorded back in December. That was going to be a special bonus episode on Patreon when that was a thing. And I figured I would release it now because why not? It's around. Wanted to say two things. The first is that I'm still going to do that book giveaway thing for people who have reviewed the podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. So get that review in there if you're interested in those child-centered books. And this podcast also, I had a couple recording issues with it. And it doesn't always sound exactly the way that I would like for it to. But that is what it is. Uh, yeah, hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome back or welcome for the first time to Playtime. My name is Andrew Barnett. I am a child therapist who lives and works in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. And this is a podcast dedicated to play therapy, coming at play therapy from a child-centered perspective. Let's dive into the topic of the day and the topic of the day is expressive arts using art in sessions to help facilitate healing and if you are a person out there who is a child therapist who practices play therapy i would assume that you probably have some sort of art supplies in your room whether that's just crayons and colored pencils and markers or you might also have paint or clay or something like that i have found in my experience that some children are very drawn to those mediums and that different unconscious material can come out of that space. Um, And so for me, it's really important to have art supplies in the room and to have a variety of art supplies in the room. I've got crayons, colored pencils, markers, and paint, and some clay, because different children seem to be drawn to different ways of expressing themselves, which is true for art and is also true for toys. Why I wanted to talk about art in particular is because I have found for myself that I facilitate art in a different way than I facilitate play. And I think a point of this podcast to some degree is teasing out those nuances of like, okay, we're child-centered play therapists, so we have all these rules and standards for that. We're allowing them to be themselves and be their full person in the room. We're not facilitating or directing anything because we believe in the self-actualizing potential of every human being. And so to make the choice to do something different, to facilitate something in a different way, from my perspective and being child-centered has to come with a large degree of intention and has to come with some level of questioning of why this is happening and whether it's actually helpful to go down this road or not. So art in the canvas or the paper or whatever it is that a child is using to express themselves, I can see that as a defined container, just like a sand tray is a defined space or our playroom is a defined space where the child gets to outlet their unconscious, their emotional baggage, their struggle, whatever it is that they're working through in order to authentically connect with themselves and others, and that that's what's happening when they're creating art. Now, the exception to that, just like it's an exception to play, is often for me the first couple of times that a child will be engaging with art, and that in those moments, they could paint a picture that looks, say, very much like your standard child 
picture. We've got a couple people. We've got a house. We've got a sun. We've got clouds. We've got just sort of these basic kinds of images that they will create. Um, I've had children create things from video games that they've seen in those early stages of making art. I have certainly had other children dive right into other things, having art that has some definite themes and symbols to it, having art that is more abstract, but I have found that to be perhaps the exception and not the norm. So when a child is first creating art, I can feel that there is a distinct difference between, say, the standard prototypical child picture and some of those other more abstract or symbolic works. And the standard picture does not feel like it has the same kind of weight or gravity or access to their unconscious and their struggles as an individual. There are definitely people who even assess child drawings, that sort of house and people and sun and blah, 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 based on the positioning and size and location of different characters inside of the picture. I am not trained enough myself and perhaps don't believe enough myself in that way of looking at children in terms of this one drawing that they made that does not feel that connected to their internal world. Which does not mean that that drawing isn't important and isn't valuable. It's interesting to see what's there and what's not there. The spacing between people and objects can be interesting. But that can often feel like a child is simply just drawing a picture of for a any number of reasons. Having a sun and some trees and a mountain, especially living here in the mountains, seems to be something that a lot, a lot of children make. And I don't personally feel the need to read a whole lot into that or to attempt to get a child to explore that if that's not something if I'm not feeling any weight in the room then it doesn't feel like a very effective use of our time and I would not want to derail the child-centered process to attempt to explore a painting that might not have that much material to it, and then could end up impacting our relationship if they feel like I am guiding them in a certain kind of way, which I would be. And so that doesn't feel that doesn't feel good, and it doesn't feel like a thing to recommend to anyone. Where I can find myself wanting to direct children more is in moving from those concrete kinds of shapes and moving from those concrete um, like this is a sun and these are the mountains and that's a tree and this is a house and flowing into something that's more abstract. And I think that that's something that children may have not had the opportunity to do very often, that when they go to draw something, they may even be guided by an urge to draw something in particular, but then their drawing becomes about drawing a sun the way they want to draw a sun or a person the way they want to draw a person. And they could be building self-efficacy and confidence in terms of what feeling pride in their creation. But that's a different thing than sorting through their struggles as a person. And so for that reason, I can sometimes feel pulled to suggest that a painting could be made that does not have any 
particular kinds of shapes at all, where we just choose a color and we start smearing that color on the page, where the brush can be sort of used different ways to like tap the paper, where painting could be done with your hands and just spread around. Maybe you don't even need to use a palette. You could just put the paint right on the paper and move it around. And that those sorts of activities for me have been effective in having a child reach different places inside of themselves. And there doesn't need to be some conscious level like, okay, now let's talk about this painting. What does that red represent? What does that blue represent? Ah, there's more blue in here than red in here. Or the relationship between the colors. We don't have to do anything like that necessarily. You can feel it in a child when they are engaging with the art in a different way. Their breathing can change. It can become more shallow. The expression on their face can change. You can tell that something is coming up for them when they start to be able to just move things around in this way and not think too much about the goal and not think too much about wanting the painting to look a certain way, and instead just creating with the colors, with the way it feels, and having things rise up inside of them. And those are the things, those things that rise up, that we are attempting to work with anyway. That when we're working with a child and they come in and they're hesitant about their play at first, we hope that that will naturally open up and that they will start to feel some power and autonomy and comfort inside of the space that they can start setting up different play scenarios with meaningful themes that they can engage in some way that feels creative and that feels like they're exploring things differently. And with play, we believe that that happens naturally, that a child moves to that place naturally and that they will get there with time and that a child who is, say, more hesitant about engaging in play themes will come to be able to engage in those play themes. And there's not a whole lot of direction or facilitation on our end that's helpful with that process because they need to get to that place on their own. However, with art, for some reason I can end up feeling differently about it. And there can be the desire to want to offer a alternative to what they have been doing. That my fear inside of it is for them that when they go to paint or when they go to do whatever, that they can feel locked into painting a certain kind of thing. And I have noticed with children without that level of facilitation that children will often move to something that is more abstract or that is less concrete or that their paintings can change with time. But sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And maybe when a child is painting and they paint things that are more or less concrete and then they seem to be done with that aspect of their time and play sessions and they go back to playing out something else. Maybe that's all that needs to happen, but there's a piece of me that can feel like maybe we missed an opportunity there. That maybe they didn't feel like they had the space necessarily to get a little bit more messy with the paint. That maybe they didn't feel like they knew how to break out of their boxes or of I'm going to paint a sun and a tree and a house and some mountains and to move into something that felt a little bit more abstract or that felt more just like they're flowing with whatever's coming out of them because art can often not be taught in that way. I haven't been in elementary school myself 
myself in a long time. I used to work in the school some, and there would be art projects, say, like on the walls of the schools that I would go to, and those art projects would all look more or less the same. They would be small variations inside of the works when I would walk with a child in the hallway and say their classes artworks were on the wall they could point theirs out to me and say hey did you notice that like on mine there's a there's a red dot on the head of that bird that's not on the head of everyone else's bird but when you look at all the paintings in the hallway they're all birds and they all look the same except for these small variations that the child could look at and then be proud of maybe the small variations that they were able to sneak into this work that was supposed to be more or less similar to everyone else's work but that means that that is that child's experience of art generally that their experience of art is that when I make art, I am trying to make something to look like something. And if we're using art in sessions, we are going at it with the belief that you are making art, which is a portrait of you. You are outletting yourself into this art. This work that you create is like taking a photo of your internal world, or at least it has the potential to be taking a photo of your internal world. And so there are little things we can do, whether it's like suggesting that like, you could take that paint right now and just smear it all over the canvas. Or for myself, I have had times where I will paint and then just start making a line, making a line, making a line, making a circle, making a line. And they'll say, what are you doing, Andrew? And I'll say, I honestly was focused on what you were painting and I was just moving my brush around the canvas. And I don't know if it looks like anything at all. And they might say, well, that starts to look like a bird. It's like, ah, you're seeing a bird in there. It's like, well, we could make that look like a bird. And then maybe they start engaging with the canvas and getting sucked into their own world of like, this is what I see inside of your thing. And now we're rolling with that. Or then they, I could say, well, you could try this too. Just taking a color and moving it wherever it feels like that color wants to go. And then when they start with that, then they can move on to the next color and the next color. And I don't want to facilitate a whole lot of that process. It is merely about introducing the idea that they could engage with art in a different way than they have engaged with art previously. And when a child is playing with toys in our playroom, they are able to control that space. They are able to do more or less whatever they would like to do and have us do more or less whatever they would like us to do to create what they would like to create inside of that play. And we have, you know, ideally a number of toys that spreads across all the different kinds of ways that a child might like to play. We have nurturing toys and aggressive toys and we have dinosaurs and we have animals and we have people and we have a dollhouse and we have dress up clothes and, you know, that's a that's a short list, but... We have all different kinds of things, and we try to have as much of the human experience as possible represented inside of the toys inside of our playroom, but ultimately, we can't have all of the human experience, and our playroom is only a certain size, and there are some limits inside of the room, and a child can hopefully be able to express their own unique individuality and struggle inside of the implements that we have provided for them, but in painting or in drawing, or in using clay, a child has the opportunity to create that entire space 
for themselves, to use whatever colors or symbols or shapes or figures that they would like to have inside of their drawing, and that is all uniquely theirs, and what they create is theirs, and what they create is an expression of them that is not influenced in some way, in the same way that play can be inside of our space, where they might be drawn to certain toys or certain ways of playing, and ideally that's based on what's coming out of them, and I I trust that it is on some level, and then there's also an argument to be made that it can also be based on what toys we have inside of the space, and what feels most comfortable to play inside of the space, and maybe our people, toys, and dollhouse just look better, and are more fun to play with in some way than like our dinosaur toys, which are like beat up, and we got at a garage sale five years ago, and so I think that that's something that can happen with toys that doesn't happen with art in the same kind of way. And a lot of the art activities that I'm talking about, I think are perhaps more appropriate to use with a child who is, say, 7, 8, 9, 10, or even a a teenager. I think that I've honestly found that with children younger than that, that they can they can move to something a little bit more abstract and messy on their own pretty quickly. That their ability to tap into that kind of space is less inhibited than it is by someone who, say, is in that 7 to 10 range, who is, you know, for using Ericsson stages or whatever, moved into maybe more of a industry versus inferiority stage, who is more evaluative of their experience and their proficient proficiency at things in comparison to others and I think for someone who is in that stage of life that obviously there does need to be some working through competition and comparison and evaluation which will happen in sessions regardless if that is a struggle that they're working through but that providing at least the idea that art can be experienced in a different way whether that's through us just starting to do a little drawing or doodling ourselves with the intention inside of that drawing, doodle, painting, what have you, of merely providing a little example of what art could be on a different end of that spectrum, maybe even setting up a space or a time where we do choose to attempt to facilitate some kind of interaction. But art can be a way into the unconscious of a person and a way for a person to express and experience themselves that is powerful and that is effective in terms of their healing and growth and evolution as a person. And at least for me, that that facilitation of art activities and the at least the intention that I go into an art activity with is different than it is with a play session and looking at their works and respecting them and seeing them as portraits of them, especially if those works move on to being more symbolic and abstract it can be a powerful way of connecting with someone and a powerful way of having reverence for their process as an individual. And I also, uh, you know, want to throw in too that I've I've got a abstract 
art workshop that I've got posted on uh, on Gumroad. It's essentially me trying to do art therapy sessions with people without actually being present with them. And so if you feel like checking that out, plug in promo code playtime and I think it's like 20 bucks, but that'll take it down to five because I just want some people to try it out and see how it goes. And so if you use that promo code, the only thing that I would ask is that um, you... Send me some feedback so I can make it good. I want to provide something that's valuable and important for people. And that's all I've got for this episode of Playtime. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. All of that good stuff helps the show get more reach, especially the ratings. And check out barnettchildtherapy.com for more recordings and books from the Child Center book series and what have you. And as always, feel free to get in touch at barnettchildtherapy at gmail.com. And yeah, I will see you next time. Thank you.